Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello, I'm Ken Rundle and joining me is Mark Tucker, Yara's head of agronomy. Welcome. As farmers and agronomists look forward to another round of new season fertilizer offers, we're following a recent podcast about urea with more discussion on choices and management considerations surrounding what is a substantial investment. Mark, every season's different, let alone one that's over the horizon. But while that's a variable we can't control, some of the other factors can be addressed, providing there's forethought. And that's what you're urging, particularly thought about what any fertilizer is actually needed for. Yes, and you say sort of every season is different. And um, just really by by some background, looking at um, some numbers, then this time last year, as we approach new season, then um, for budgeting farmers, we're looking at optimum nitrogen rates of 187 kilograms a hectare on wheat. And compared to now, if we look, then optimum rates nearer the 215. So there's been a change there. So really need to think about um, what the current circumstances are when it comes to the amount required. Um, it's good news as well in that the return on investment, when we compare the budget this time last year that farmers were looking at, then return on investments around two to one. Now they've moved up to near a sort of 2.8 to one. So that's a sort of extra £40 a hectare when I do the numbers on a wheat crop in terms of that return on investment. So yeah, every season is different. So we need to really factor that in. I think there's also those sort of considerations when it comes to um, what the farm's going to look like by way of cropping, what's the farm looking like by way of soil type um, analysis, etc. So really start to think about the requirements from the farm point of view, and then you can really be in a better place to react to that phone call when it comes in with a new season offer. And uh, something we sort of touched on last time with uh, urea. Yes, absolutely. There's going to be those extra thoughts this year, um, as, as you've re- recently covered, Natalie, that uh, new guidelines to be thinking about when it comes to decision making after that 1st of April in terms of the product of choice there. Um, I'm also reminded, I guess, at this time of year, when we, we go into the event season as well as new season fertilizer, then something that I've had a number of times, farmers come up to me and say, yeah, uh, why do I make the same mistake season after season where the new season offer comes in from that phone call and the order is then pressurized to place that order, which is the same that he's always done or she. And so really now is a great time before um, those offers come in to reflect on what you really do need. And then you can be in that better place to actually order what you want rather than perhaps what somebody else is wanting you to take so uh, yeah good time to start reflecting now so that in readiness for that new season where does sulfur fit into this picture i know some farmers went for straights last season and almost minimized sulfur orders you've got some thoughts on that yeah i mean it's, it's something we've seen because of the sort of uh, turmoil if you like in the marketplace farmers made some different decisions this time last year looked for um, more straights and some new sulfur products that came through into the marketplace. And um, it's something we just need to think about. There's also um, reports coming through, literally an update from NIAB yesterday, where they were highlighting 
um, deficiency of sulfur coming through in crops now, especially after this wet spring we've had. And that may well, and they were in, indeed, they were actually pointing to the fact that that might be on a, uh, the consequence of a, a different approach to sulfur where uh, farmers put all the sulfur on in February or even the autumn before. Um, you've then had rainfall, the sulfur's leached away and it's not now there available for the crop as it needs it. So again, it just reminds us that A, the importance of sulfur, you know, we do get an extra 10% yield from it when we apply it. So there's a good return on that investment in sulfur. But then it's it's that approach you take to manage it um, from that either one application early spring or as we would advise that little and often approach where you're feeding it through the crop's life, meeting the demand um, with the supply of um, fertilizer, uh, sulfur from the fertilizer, then you don't run this risk of the crop running out of steam at this time of year when it's still got some important sort of growth and development to take place. Yeah, the the growth is the thing that needs to be supported as far as sulfur is concerned. You, it, it, there's no point in putting sulfur on a crop that's no longer growing. No, and you've applied nitrogen. It's fundamental to nitrogen use efficiency so really need to be matching nitrogen and sulfur supplies um, to optimize the return on that investment so i think also as well i mean farmers faced with some very very attractive milling wheat premiums and again sulfur key for protein in wheat so good sulfur management is uh, need, needs a bit of thinking about well, you can't blame anyone for focusing on costs, especially increases in cost. Do you think, though, that that sometimes distracts folk from thinking harder about the impact of any changes they might be making to their systems? I mean, like rotations or even like the influence of cover crops, et cetera. Have those kind of variables been taken into account? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, cost absolutely is, is sort of key to be considering in terms of, but then it's the return you're going to get from that um, investment. So. And, you know, there's a lot of changes happening on farms with regenerative agricultural practices coming into play, use of waste products, all sorts of new um, systems coming through. And most of those are geared towards um, improving soil fertility, improving soil health. And we therefore need to start reflecting that in the agronomy that we do with crop nutrition. So. You know, if you are building fertility, you might not be needing as much. Are you then taking that into account by reducing the amount of fertilizer you're buying? So, so some key decisions to make sure that, you know, the actions and the changes you're making rotationally, cover crops, as you mentioned, Ken, all designed to improve fertility, therefore reduce reliance on fertilizer. Are you reflecting that in your decision making? Yeah, does the product match the, the new situation? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and speaking of cover crops, the environmental profile of many farming operations is becoming increasingly important. It's now fundamental rather than peripheral, would you say? Yeah, it is. And um, when we think about, um, we have we've got this real responsibility towards the, the environmental um, issues that are out there, whether it's the Clean Air Act with ammonia, whether it's carbon footprinting, greenhouse gas emissions, then we all have that responsibility for, to be now considering that when we make the choices that we can and the offers that are there. So, you know, we can think about, you know, products with low carbon footprints, low ammonia emissions, but also then start to factor in energy use by way of number of passes across the field. 
and again year on year and i've just done some recent calculations looking at those options and there's you know slightly different approach but something that we've talked about for a number of years is using a you know one product that contains n p k and s all in a nice ratio for us it's uh, the brand is uh, the yara miller extra grass and for three passes you can uh, address four nutrients with the lowest carbon footprint reducing compaction um, because of number of passes um, managing ammonia to the, its lowest managing carbon footprint to its lowest all in three passes so a very simple system um, something you know perhaps to think about doing it doing it a bit differently it's marginal gains we're talking about here but nevertheless they are going to become increasingly important yeah it is and marginal gains was something that um, 11 years ago when we had the olympics seems a long time ago now um we really focused on marginal gains and i think now is another good time to to get back into that sort of thinking really precise use of fertilizer using all the technology using p and k appropriately to bring that extra third of a ton of hectare in any one season as well as building resilience for the farm over time um, but then also that sulfur element so all of those the marginal gains that we've talked about that we want to perhaps reintroduce again to make sure we're not introducing marginal error where we start to take cut corners and um, sort of experiment perhaps when uh, now is not the time to be doing that including my soapbox which is calibration of equipment absolutely and, 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 and even making use of all these new computers i mean you know all, there's so much measuring kit and so much uh, calibration to, to be done because all these things are there to help yeah and that you know they are there with the spread of manufacturers investing in their technology and don't undo that capability through a poor choice of fertilizer get the testing done we're seeing again this year which highlighted on in a number of aerial shots and um yeah curbside if you like observations where you've got striping appearing um, in crops through mismanagement of fertilizer with wrong spreader settings or just not calibrating. So, yeah, make sure you get those spreader settings right. Do the, the fundamentals um, and get that correct so that you can then, um, again, optimize the, the application rate and the timing as well as those basics. And you mentioned it again, they're testing. You can't manage unless you can measure. No, and it, it's something we we've repeat, repeat, repeat in terms of now is a great time. Actually, the crops just at growth stage sort of thirty seven for many uh, flag leaf appearing. So great time to do some tissue testing with the leaves to find out if the strategy that you've adopted this year is working well. And again, it can help then inform decisions um, as we go into um, new season purchasing. But also, then you'll have soil data in, from the farm that you can use. Indeed, there may even be some grain still in the shed that you could get tested just to see, again, what nutrient deficiencies may or may not be appearing um, in the various fields around the farm. Resilience is something that farmers have always needed to be or have, and farming businesses have been the same. But increasingly, that term is being linked to farming systems as well. When it comes to things like nutrient deficiency, etc., where are we with I don't know, new technologies like new varieties that could help address some of these issues. Are these, do these need to be taken into account increasingly? More and more so in that we're seeing, whether it's from a, a varietal perspective where the, the, the breeding companies are investing in new genetics 
and really focusing on uh, nitrogen use efficiency. So again, that's coming through. So needs to be reflected. If you've got a more efficient variety, then you should use less nitrogen. So that's coming through. Then we've got biologicals, whether it's um, biostimulants or even seed treatments, which again are bringing a sort of nitrogen use of efficiency element um, into the program and the system. So again, if you know they're delivering what um, they're expected to, then again, that should bring more resilience, reduce your reliance, increase nitrogen use efficiency. But again, it's important to make those changes rather than do as you've always done, um, even after you've introduced some new technologies. So to make sure you, you sort of get the return on all of the, the input investments that have been made. And I suppose worth remembering that while Yara isn't in the crop protection business, it is equally keen to have healthy crops that get to market as quickly as possible, lower carbon footprint, etc. Yeah, and uh, we've again touched on it before, getting those correct nutrients. I mean, potassium there, a classic example, look in the literature, and very much related to plant health. Um, so, yeah, just extra dimension to the fertiliser, but a good, complete crop nutrition plan is going to help deliver not only yield quality, but a nice, healthy plant to um, yeah, hopefully combat some of the pressures that come on. So, Mark, how do you summarise all of this? I think there's um, probably three areas there that um, key. I mean, yes, as we've mentioned, environmental profile of products becomes ever more important to consider when you're making that choice. Get back to that marginal gain mindset. You know, if you've not, if you if you've moved away from that, so sulfur, PK management, all bringing those little bits of extra yield. And then, yeah, review with data. So review with farm data, test, 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 um, and then use that data to inform the decision. Because um, ironically, your, your, your arguments here are to reduce fertiliser usage, not to increase it. But that's where Yara is coming from. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it ends up being a sort of reduction, sort of, I guess it's efficiency. And that's what we've always said is, you know, we're looking at, wanting to deliver nitrogen use efficiency whether it's through the use of products application timings and then use of technology at farm classically and tester out there all designed for efficiency and if you get that efficiency then you'll minimize the amount of fertilizer that you need thank you mark tucker the rs head of agronomy as usual the key message is don't slip into a routine that includes fertilizer options take account of all developments this has been an extra podcast in our series but join me ken rundle in a week's time when we will i promise look at those late planted field crops bye for now thanks for listening to yara's grow the future podcast for more information visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie